Ladies and gentlemen, Bodgers, Banks and Sparks. Entertainment. Oh, heavens above, George, where are we this time? Well, it appears we've been written onto a bus. Do you know where we're off to, Donald? I haven't a clue. First, please. Two to Battersea, please. I thought you said you didn't know where we were off to, man. Well, I didn't. I suddenly found myself saying Battersea. Right. That'll be £86, please. Unless, of course, you're pensioners, in which case... That'll be 86 pounds, please! <laughs> 86 pounds, man? Yes. But it's just round the corner, man. Uh, not the route this bus route takes, sir. Oh, very well. Well, that was a neat bit of satire on bus fares, bus routes and the treatment of pensioners. Yes, it was rather, Donald, yes. Oi! Are you two satirising the transport system in this country? No, 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 no. no, no. no, no. Well, just watch it. Oh, for any sake, Donald. Steady there, George. Steady, easy on the buff. Honestly, Donald, I don't mind telling you. I had a good mind to give that conductor a piece of my Toblerone. But after that display, there's not a chance of that. Hey, George, George. You know, I think we must be on our way to the swimming baths. I've got some trunks with me. Oh, excellent. <laughs> And I thought we were off to a dinner party. No, no, we weren't invited. Well, I'm looking forward to this. If we ever get there, Donald. Right, I heard that. You two, off. Come on, off you go. Oh, what's going on there? Go, on, get in. Go. Marvellous. Still, here's the baths, Don. Phil, nice to see you. Hello, Sarah. Thanks so much for having us. You know Jerry? Yes. Hello. Hello, Phil. Where's Gavin? Oh, he's in the kitchen. Look, moustache. We're just about to serve up. Lovely. You know, Jerry, I could eat a horse. Oh, I don't think I could. I certainly couldn't stomach the hooves. No, that's my favourite bit. Hello, everyone. Right, here we are. It's spaghetti. And the bolognese. I'm afraid it's not much to look at. Nonsense. It looks superb. Please, don't touch it yet. I just want to look at it a bit longer. <laughs> if you don't mind. Well, fair enough. Look, look, do you mind? It, it, I've got my camera here and I thought perhaps a couple of snaps... Could you put the spaghetti beside the bolognese? <gasps> Perfect. <laughs> oh, would you like one of me holding the spaghetti? Oh, lovely, lovely. Oh, great, great. And now the two of you together. Lovely. Shall we eat? Oh, yes, rather. Yes, rather. <laughs> and now, some incidental music. Whilst the food is being served, because it really is incredibly boring listening to people serving food. Quite frankly, there's not much humour to be had in the serving part. Now, as the music fades, we find that the food has been served, and we are now ready for the eating part of the operation. Mind you, having said that, I remember one Christmas when my mother was serving the custard, we had this power cut, and it just went everywhere. And it really was quite hilarious. So in fact, serving food can be very funny. But not this time. This time, the food serving was incredibly boring. But anyway, it's out now, so back to the action. Oh, I'm afraid the spaghetti's a tad on the soggy side. I'm sorry, everyone. Look, Gavin, this is the best spaghetti I've ever had in my entire life, and I've been to Rome. Have you? Where? Last April. And that's when you get the best Italian spaghetti. As they say, 
Give an Italian in Rome some spaghetti in April, and if he's hungry, he'll eat it. They say that, do they? Oh, yes. Of course, it sounds a lot better in Italian. <laughs> oh, who's that? Hello. <laughs> it's me, again. I was here last week. Chadwell. That's right. Can you guess why I'm here? That's right. I'm going to redo one of my poems. I thought I'd do one about school this week because it was the fancy dress party. So I went dressed as a schoolboy. It's the only costume I've got, really. Evil Nid Smokio went as a policeman's truncheon. He said, look, Shadwell, I'm a policeman's truncheon. And he hit me on the head. I don't like Evil Nid. He does things like phone people up and congratulate them for being in front of him in the telephone directory. <laughs> another thing. No, another thing he does is laugh at my flared underpants. <laughs> when we're getting changed for Jim. Jim, Jim is what we call our PE teacher. <laughs> this week he asked me, Shadwell, why are you late? And I said, the bus missed me. <laughs> Evil Nid taught me a knock-knock joke. It goes, knock-knock, who's there? I don't know. You can tell it's one of his, can't you? <laughs> History was interesting this week. We talked about the Second World War. I told him that my Uncle Denzil was a commando in the catering corps. <laughs> he was. He spent most of the war dropping poisoned kebabs behind German lines. <laughs> Mum told me that he got a dishonourable discharge in the end because he got potato blight. He just lost control one night and got a sack of King Edwards into trouble. <laughs> Dr Kavloino says that he was the first Welshman to get VD off a potato. <laughs> He's very bitter about it. He spends most of his time in the shed inventing things. He's working on a wood-burning telephone at the moment. <laughs> Anyway, back to school, we had a visit from the blind school dentist this week. He feels our teeth in the morning and tunes the piano in the afternoon. He does haircuts as well. That's about it, really. We were going to do dissection in biology this week, so I've got to take my hamster in. Oh, and we were given our parts for the school play. We're doing Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, and I've got to be the smell of Christmas part. <laughs> Somebody, I've got to do it. I think I'll do the poem now, then. Here it is. The school bell is ringing. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, no, I've forgotten a bit. Here it is. <laughs> That's it. Goodbye, then. Donald! Donald, are you ready in there? Yes, George. Just getting the old swimming trunks on. Wait a minute. Right, there we are. Right, Don, last into the waters of Stenhouse Muir supporter. <laughs> Oh, Donald! Donald, how embarrassing! He's written us into a nightclub! Oh, it's the bloody noise in these places, George! Zoots bananas, Donald! I can't make head nor tail of these nightclubs! I mean, look at these cocktails! A slow, comfortable screw! What sort of nonsense is that? Oh, I don't know. And this one, a stick it up, me big boy! 
Or perhaps, Donald, you'd like to sample a use me, use me, take me, oh yes, oh yes, yes, there, right there, harder, harder. <laughs> Look at the prices, man. Take a guess how much a ram at home, you beast of love is. I wouldn't like to hazard, George. 47 new pounds. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Donald, in our day you could go out and catch diphtheria and still have change off a two-bob bit. <laughs> Waitress. Look, I'm interested in purchasing a ram at home, you beast of love. What exactly is it? Well, we like to call it not so much a cocktail, more a way of life. Oh, you do, do you? Well, that's very interesting, but I'm just not interested. Bring me a peanut! <laughs> no, 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 Donald, you can keep them. Oh, yes, George. Budgies, cats, hamsters, even reptiles. It's perfectly legal these days, you know. <laughs> it's the names I can't stomach, George, oh, the yes. names. My niece Esmeralda is a member of a number of these places, you know. Toppers, whoppers, oh, yeah. boppers, whoppers, nippers, yeah, nappers, toopers, hoopers. Jeepers, creepers, where do you get those peepers? Fellers, Cinderella, Rockefellers, Cagnes, Bagnes, Wagnes, Bagnes. Get up on the floor, get up on the floor and move. Get up on the floor, get up on the floor and move. Okay, all you cats, we're gonna give to you the Dr. Mukti Disco Kid called Jimmy McGrew! Went into a schmuckfell room where the light shining through the gloom. The music was blasting out loud above the noise of the crowd. Get on up onto the floor and move and just get right into the group. Get on out and take this chance and just get up and dance. Get up and dance. I said get up and dance. Get up and dance. Come on and get up and dance. Get up and dance. Or could you go while we dance? Get up and dance. I saw her standing there silhouetted in the light. The music pulled us closer. I've never felt so right. Get on up. Onto the floor and move and just get right into the groove. Get on out and take this chance and just get up and dance. Get up and dance if you want to take a chance. Get up and dance if you want to find romance. Get up and dance and if it's him that you fan. Get up and dance. <laughs> okay, saxophone, take it away, son. Take it away. Oh, I'm saint, son, I'm saint! <laughs> Alright, son, that's enough now, I think. Come on, son. Hey, son, will you stop your solo so we can go on with our songs? Will you shut up? Would somebody like to shut him up, please? Okay, people, now's the time for you to sing along. It's not hard, and here's the words to my super song. Get on out onto the floor and just take this chance. Get on up and move on out and just get up and dance. Here you are easy. Here we go. Two, three, four, get on up. Uh, sorry, sorry, my fault, my fault. Here we go. Two, three, get on up. Oh, this band's just no use at all. They never know when they come in in the chorus. We've been there for get years on up. and years and years. Just onto the floor and move. And get right into the groove. Get on out 
I'm Jada's chance and just get up and dance. Get up and dance. Eh, yeah, want to take a chance. Get up and dance. Eh, yeah, want to find romance. Get up and dance. And if it's him, not your fan. Get off the stage. Get off the stage. What do you mean, go off the stage? Listen, son, next me it's a little less bad, no you! Not anymore! Ah, right, away and get stuffed! Get stuffed yourself! Right! That's it, I'm off! Thank God for that! Aye, right up your feet, son! Right up your guilt! Right, come on, you two! Outside, no! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am the great thing called the mind reader with a difference. I'm dyslexic, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, madam, I said dyslexic. And now, if I could just pick a, vict- a volunteer out of the audience, you, sir. You look as though you've been thinking something quite interesting. Let me just put my hands upon your head, sir. That's right. I'm, I'm feeling something coming up my arm, sir. That's it. It's coming up my neck. And I'm sorry, could you think that again, please? And you're thinking, fuck yon bastard. <laughs> Thank you very much, and, and good night. Marvellous stuff, George. Marvellous. Listen, Donald, let's get out of these trunks before the second half. Or second half oh naturel, eh, George? Good idea. Hold on, Donald. Keep your trunks on, man. He's written us back into the swimming baths. Go on, last into the waters and I'll broth smoky. <laughs> well, this is a bit more like it, George. Yes, it's going to ruin my dinner jacket, though. Now that's something I can't understand, George. What? How some people call Terry end up being called Tell. Well, it's a shortening of Terry, Donald. Yes, but where does the L come from? Well, from the alphabet. <laughs> Just after K. Now, George, the point is, there's no L in Terry. Well, and there's no R in Tell. Yes, but that doesn't explain why the L in Tell. Well, otherwise it'd be Ted. That's not much of a nickname. Just accept it, Don. But, George, that, that young film star, what's Mel Gibson? You think he was originally Mary Gibson? <laughs> yeah, presumably, yes, presumably. He was probably Mary, he got browned off with that and changed it to Mel. Well, he was probably christened Merrance Gibson. Same as Terence. Became Mary, which became Mel. So how did all this start then? Well, probably William Terence started it. <laughs> Who, George? William Terence, he of the overture dawn. Oh, you mean William Tell? Well, he's William Tell now, but he was William Terence. Now, he was the one who shot the apple with his arrow. The apparents, Don. Apparents? Yes, apparents. Appery, appell, apple. <laughs> oh, you're making this up, George. I'm Terencing you, Don. I'm Terencing you. <laughs> That's the way it was. You know, it's a funny thing, this name's Caper. I mean, take that pop fella, what's his name? Stink. Yes. I mean, what sort of name's that, George? Well, short. Well, it's granted it's short, George, but I mean, who on earth would call someone Sting? Oh, no, he wasn't christened Sting. No? Oh, no, he changed his name to Sting. Apparently he didn't like his original name. And what was that? String. <laughs> String, George. Oh, yes, couldn't stand it. Didn't have the right ring to it. And also he got sick of people asking him how long is a piece of you then. You would, George, you would. So I thought, Donald, something's got to go. And then he became Sting. Oh, no, Tring. <laughs> First off, he dropped the S. But he didn't like Tring, so he put the S back in, dropped the N and became Strig. 
Then the eye went stronger. Finally they are and he was sting. It's a lot snappier. Ah, it's a funny business all this scrabbling around to get the name right. Oh, yes. Remember Bing? Oh, yes. Boyne Crosby. Oh. <laughs> Spencer Tracy. For years he got nowhere as Spencer Tricky. That's right. Spencer Tricky and Catherine Hipbone. Well, come on, George. Let's get changed. Okay. Well, that was quick. Yes. <laughs> this being a fictitious character, Lark, has its advantages. Oh, come on, Don. Let's fade away now. Shall I'll be right with you, George. I knew this would happen. There were the usual promises of total integration into the cast, non-specific roles. They said they'd all wear dresses to make me feel better, that sort of thing. I mean, they'd even said they'd write it for me. I mean, people often ask me what it's like being the only girl in a show with five men. So I say, don't be so nosy. (laughs) I don't mind the show, really. It's just when we're away on tour that I get a bit depressed. Because, you know, boys being boys, you know. They don't tend to get up very early in the morning, so I have to be a sort of a human alarm clock, you know. Anyway, it's been a bit of a mystery to me the mousetrap that that when boys go to bed at night when boys go to bed at night they smell perfectly alright but when you go in to wake them up in the morning they smell really horrible (laughs) how is it that boys get smelly in the night (laughs) anyway time's running out a bit and um, as the average girls bit in the show is traditionally about 2 minutes 47 seconds long I better hurry up and get on with it Um, I'd just like to say before I start this bit that they've written for me um, but they may have written it, but guess who had to type it right? <laughs> Not me, I can't type, my mum did it. Anyway, here it goes, this is the bit, right, stage directions, right. Moena enters stage left, doing some knitting and cooking a casserole. <laughs> she stops centre stage, has a baby, <laughs> and says... Oh, I must put my makeup on before I go down to the disco to look for a boyfriend. <laughs> oh no, I haven't got a thing to wear. My sequined boob tube is in the wash, which I'll be doing later. So I'd better walk in fairy steps off to Topshop to get a new party frock. <laughs> This is Radio 4, and now, Disease of the Week, with Dr. Thomas' comedy name. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of Disease of the Week. This week, peritonitis. What is it? How to pronounce it? And the best place to buy new underpants after you've had it. (laughs) But first, our regular phone-in with our resident panel of doctors. The first caller is Isa from Motherwell. Come in, Isa. Uh, hello, can I ask one of the doctors about my husband's problem? You see, he's got this sort of boil on the inside of his thigh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Has he? Oh, dear. Yes, and there's a sort of an ooze comes out of it. <laughs> yes, and, and, and there's this sort of smell of rotting pig. Oh, <laughs> Oh, 
Well, you two, that was an absolutely splendiferous meal. Stupendous. Oh, no, really, it was just something I threw together. No, come on, really, it was Oh, look, for God's sake. It was only a meal. Let's not go over the top here. What do you mean, Gavin? Let's cut the crap. Just be normal. Honest. The food was okay. I was being honest. Look, Phil, let's have a, let's be really honest, shall we? Let's have an honesty session. <laughs> Suits me. Right, you've got to be totally frank. We'll start, Phil, okay? Right? We'll just tell each other exactly what we think of each other, okay? Right, I'll start. Phil. Totally honest? Totally honest. <clears throat> I like you. <laughs> You're a good guy. Yeah, but... No buts. Numero uno. Finest kind. Look, Gavin, I thought in an honesty session you were supposed to say nasty things. <laughs> You're getting mixed up with a nasty session. Phil, your turn. And be as honest as I was. Okay, Gavin? I think you're a complete and utter bastard. <laughs> <laughs> ah, come on, Phil, let's have it. Come on. <laughs> you have. I hate you. You're a total bastard. Oh, look, if you're not going to take it seriously, there's no point. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll do it right. Gavin, I honestly think you're a complete bastard. Right. So that was the practice round. Does everyone get the hang of it? Yes? Right, okay, Jerry, I'll start with you. Right. Right, Jerry, I think you're a complete and utter bastard. Your turn. Okay, George. I like you. I think you're a nice guy. I like you too, Jerry. You just said he was a complete bastard. Did I? Yes. Well, I happen to like complete bastards. <laughs> and Jerry happens to be one of my favourite complete bastards, actually. George, you're not playing this properly. You just want everybody to agree. And this is supposed to be an honesty session. Well, I honestly want everyone to agree. What's wrong with that? It's honest. It's not terribly exciting. This is supposed to get everything out in the open. Well, I openly admit I want us all to agree and be friends. No one else has had the guts to admit that. Gavin, you know I said I thought you were a complete and utter bastard. Yeah? Well, I've changed my mind. You're too much of a moron to be a complete bastard. <laughs> right. Well, now we're getting somewhere. Well done, everyone. Any more games? Let's play a quiz. What sort of quiz? Like they have on radio. I tell you what, we'll turn the radio on and whatever quiz they're playing, we'll play as well. Right. right. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Face the Know-Alls, where three well-known know-alls show us that they know it all about music as well as everything else. <laughs> and this week our know-alls are Dennis Healy, Bernard Levin and Joan Bakewell. Good, Good evening. evening. Right, now, first question to the panel. Can any of you impersonate the people you're portraying? Not Sorry. a chance. <laughs> right, well, never mind. We'll just have to use our imaginations. Right, first of all, Dennis, a bit of music for you. Yes, that was Toccata de Fugue by Bach, second movement, 34th bar. And the colour of the organist's socks? A pink. Yes, well done, Dennis. Now, Joan, which bit of music was I going to play next? I think you were going to play Brig Fair by... Delius, of course. That's right. Now, Bernard, the next question is a bit of a trick question. For ten points, what is the trick in the next question? <laughs> well, the trick is you were going to play a piece from Beethoven's seventh, which sounds remarkably like a piece from his fourth, and you were hoping that I'd choose the wrong one. Correct. And would you have? No. That's right. <laughs> and finally, Bernard, do you know everything there is to know about Beethoven? Yes, I do. Of course you do. Silly question. Dennis can't possibly trip you up on 20th century British composers, I don't suppose? Not a chance. No, Joan, any point in asking you a question? Oh, really? You'd get it right, would you? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> right, so you all know everything there is to know. Yes. yes. Strauss. Strauss. Worth a bash. <laughs> Can you identify this pause? 
Handel's water music. Yes. And which part of the pause was it? Was it the first part, the middle, or the end? The first part. Correct. They do all sound remarkably similar, don't they? Yes. Now, Joan, a question for you. How long have we got to go? 23 seconds. Yes, which leaves us just time for what, Bernard? Some false modesty. That's right. Dennis? Just luck, really. Joan? An educated guess, actually. Bernard? Oh, well, not that clever. Just a genius, perhaps. Right. So, it's good night from the... Oh, they've gone. Okay, closing music. Benjamin Britton! And next on four, we have Who's the Panel? Where selected members of the audience have to guess who the panel are. This is followed by How Old's the Audience, where the panel have to talk for a minute without any members of the audience dying. Then we have Where's the Panel, where selected members of the audience have to guess which quiz show the panel are doing instead of doing Where's the Panel. After the news, we have Where's the Check to go to, What's the Point, Who Gives a Toss, Who Gives a Panel. Followed by What's the Question, What's the Answer, Give us an Anecdote, Now Here's a Funny Thing, Now Here's Another 26 Funny Things, and Now Here's the Same 26 Funny Things by Different People. Then we have a two-second break. Then we're right back with How's Frank Muir, followed by Here's Frank Muir, and then Where's Frank Muir. We then round things off with Give Us a Justification, where BBC executives have to persuade members of the public that they aren't wasting money. Then at 12 o'clock, it's closed down. Followed by just a close down. Give us a close down. When's the close down? Well, that's about it, ladies and gentlemen. End of the show. Time for the usual gratitudes. Right, let's see. First three, good night. Um, two, thank you for coming. Three, say foam and... For sake, yeah, well, you can sort of bracket three and four together if you like, because they cover much the same sort of territory. Now, five is may your god go with you. Or perhaps meet you on the way home. <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, basically, the point I'm trying to make is that there's no point in your gods hanging around here because the show's finished, really. And no matter how old seeing your god is, if there's no show, He's not going to see anything, is he? <laughs> and remember, remember, if you've got your God with you on the way out, because it can be tricky if, say, four of you are getting a taxi, and then you remember that God's there as well, or there's four of you and four gods, because taxi drivers can be awfully, <laughs> awfully difficult about squeezing an extra God into a taxi. Now, where am I? Oh, yeah, six. I love you all. Love you all, ladies and gentlemen. I don't suppose you'd all be prepared to come round and meet my parents. <laughs> oh, I always a bit silly. I'm a bit old-fashioned. Another time, perhaps. Right. Anyway, that's good night. Thank you for coming. Safe home. Take care. God go with you. Love you all. Where's in the week be a good day? <laughs> May the God always watch over you. <laughs> well, thank you very much again. <laughs> You've been listening to Bodgers, Banks and Sparks with the Bodgers, Mary Hunter, John No Name, Gordon Kennedy, Pete Bakey and Moena Banks and John Sparks. Written by Murray Hunter and John Doherty, Moena Banks and John Sparks. Music by Pete Bakey and the Jim Bakey Big Band. Produced by Adam Nixon. Thank you very much. Good night. Like.